guys, Riley here from Podigy here with the latest episode of the Podigy podcast. And today we're talking about recording settings. These are things that you should just be able to set up and forget about it. But I was talking to a few people on Reddit and they seemed a little confused as to what each one of these things does for your podcast. So today we're going to go through bit depth, sample rate and buffer size. And if you know, if you've gone to our podcast recording guide, we outline that you, you should be using a 16 bit bit depth, 44,100 hertz sampling rate, and a buffer size of like 128 or 256 for your podcast. But we don't really go into why. And so today I'm going to explain those numbers, what they mean, and let you decide for yourself what's best for your podcast. So let's start with bit depth, which is different from bit rate, which is something we're going to get into in our next guide, which is all about rendering. So microphones work by converting the amplitude of our voice into a voltage. To record that audio into our computer, the voltage is converted into a number representative of it. And the bit depth of our audio is basically how accurate the computer will record the amplitude of incoming audio. The higher the bit depth, the closer our digital recorder can match the analog input, and the less noise is introduced when our digital recorder invariably runs, rounds off the number in order to record it. So the voltage could be a string of you know, 87 numbers. And 4-bit recordings records 4 of them, 16-bit recordings records 16 of them. And so you're rounding off. You have to round off those numbers. Otherwise, your file sizes would be like gigabytes per second. So a 4-bit recording will be able to give each sample one of 16 possible values, whereas a 16-bit recording will be able to give each sample one of 65,536 values. And so to think of it another way, imagine you had to book a caterer for a wedding with 100 people. One company offers packages for 10 people, 500 people, or 1,000 people, and nothing in between. And none of those packages really represent what you need, but if you had to choose one, it would probably be the one with the 500-person package, even if that would leave you with a bunch of leftovers, because you don't want to leave 90 people without food. That's basically what a 4-bit recording is like, and the 16-bit recording is more like catering company that offers a per-person rate. So it'll give you exactly what you need. But these days, you'll see a lot of interfaces advertising that they have 24-bit recording. And surely that must be like a catering company that lasers on the name of each guest into the steak or chicken they've requested. Because that's a fancy thing people like, right? And so it's true that 24-bit recording offers 16,770,216 values for each sample of audio. But most of those numbers are certainly wasted on podcast recordings. You see... The main advantage of increasing bit depth is it allows for a lower noise floor. While 24-bit recordings can't sound cleaner in a controlled environment like recording studios, it's not going to make any difference for a podcast recorded in an untreated apartment. It just gives you the capacity for lower noise, but doesn't actually change anything sonically. So to put that another way, for a 16-bit file, you'd have to turn up the volume until it was equivalent of the sound of a food processor before you'd notice the noise floor introduced by quantization. For a 24-bit file, you'd have to turn the volume up until it was the equivalent of a jet engine taking off before you notice the noise floor introduced. And by that point, you'd be losing your hearing. And we don't even have equipment yet that can fully replicate 24-bit recording. So it's wasted on us. And so while, I mean, it's great... Chances are you're recording in a place that has a noise floor much higher than that, like a noise floor where you wouldn't notice a noise floor before a jet engine takes off. And so you can't really take advantage of 24-bit recording. But don't be so sad about 16-bit recording because the noise introduced in a 16-bit recording is about the equivalent of someone dropping pins on the floor one at a time in the background of your podcast. 
probably not something people are going to notice, especially after you turn your recording into a lossy MP3 and send it off onto the internet. Like you're not going to notice one guy dropping pins. It's super, super quiet. So 16 bit recording is great and offers significantly smaller file sizes than 24 bit recording, which again, you're not going to be able to take advantage of. I'm sorry about that. It's just a marketing ploy to sell you different audio interfaces. And so now let's move on to sample rate. And when we looked at bit depth, I mentioned that each sample of audio is given an amplitude value. Our sample rate is sort of what defines the length of each sample with our recommended setting of 441K producing 44,100 samples of audio every second. Higher sample rates also allow recordings to pick up higher frequencies. What does that really mean for podcasters? Why do we recommend 441K for recording? So the first thing you need to know is that the human ear can only hear frequency up to 20,000 hertz. Anything above that is wasted on us. However, there's this thing called the Nyquist-Shannon Sampling Theorem. And it says that in order to record something at 20,000 hertz, you need to record it at at least a sample rate of 40,000 hertz in order to reproduce it. Basically, our recording frequency needs to be at least double what we're trying to record in order to make it sound like it did originally. And so part of the reason why Stuff You Should Know and the WTF podcast sound a little off is because they're rendering their episodes out at 22,000 hertz, which is right around the limit of human hearing, but it's not doubling it, which means that it's actually losing information that we're used to hearing in podcasts. And they do this to keep the file sizes as small as possible so that more people can download it. But for recording, we need to be recording at least 40,000 hertz in order to capture everything the human ear does. Now, as to why 44.1 became the norm... Basically, Sony decided that when CDs were being manufactured. As to why it continues to be used widespread in the internet age, that has more to do with compatibility. Just about everything on the internet uses 44.1k for audio, and that ensures that generally audio sounds the same across all platforms. Occasionally, you'll hear audio that sounds slightly pitched down and kind of slow, which usually means a 48,000 hertz file is being played through a 44.1k player. It's a long and complicated reason as to why these things happen, but suffice to say, 441K will always ensure your audio plays well across the net. And now, that brings us to buffer size, which is basically how many samples at a time our computer will write to disk. That is our buffer or our block size. At a sample rate of 441K, our computer needs to write 44,100 samples every second, and we need to decide how often it will check for new samples. A lower buffer size will mean less latency, sort of the time between you speaking into a microphone and your computer being able to play it back, but it will increase the strain on your computer. So think of it this way, a buffer size of 32 will mean your computer is checking on incoming audio 1,378 times every second, whereas a buffer size of 512 mean it only has to check it 86 times a second. And when your computer is still writing one buffer, after the next buffer fills up, you start to hear clips and clicks and dropouts in your audio. And that's not good. It makes the audio completely unusable. So you always want to ensure you have a buffer size that's big enough so your computer will have a chance to write down one buffer before the next one fills up. And this means that unlike sample rates and bit depths, there is no hard and fast rule for buffer sizes. Each of you will have to determine what is right for you on your own based on your computer equipment and what you're trying to do. If you're a solo podcaster or your guests are all in studio and you don't have headphones, you can set up the buffer sizes as high as you want to ensure your computer has plenty of time to write each buffer before the next one fills. 
However, if you're recording and talking to someone over Skype or Discord or Zencast or something like that, you'll have to be wary of the effect higher buffer sizes have on latency. The higher your latency, the longer it will take for your audio to get to your guest. You'll probably have more false starts and instances of talking over each other. Nothing that can't be fixed while you're editing, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. And that's it for this episode. Again, this was mostly made as an addendum to our recording guide, which you should come over to Ponji.co and check out our growing list of guides. Everything's up there for free. Everything that we use is free except for Reaper, which is $60. It's a great way to get your feet wet with recording and editing and getting great podcasts out there. That's all we want to do. We want to get more great podcasts out there. If you're looking for help with your podcast, we can definitely do that. We've got services. We've got great editors. We've got great script writers. We've got everything you need to make a fantastic podcast. So that's it for me today. I'm Riley again, owner of Podigy. Looking forward to talking to you soon. We'll see you next time. 